Okay, everybody, welcome back to another Lekou de Maran Shir. We're back in action. This is our 45th Shir uh, in Lekou de Maran in, inside text-based classes. If you're just joining us, we have many other classes on my SoundCloud at Nahdeli, uh, and we or Shia Sussman, or you could go to breastlove.org or Breslov Research Institute, and you could see many of the classes on video. Uh, being that Pesach is encroaching upon us, and this is going to be our last year before Pesach, I wanted to take the opportunity to learn about Pesach, and we'll do the Pesach pre-class now, and I'm excited about that. Uh, Rabbi Nachman, he has so much to do with Pesach, so much to do with Pesach, and uh, really Pesach comes from the word pe, mouth, sach, speaks. Pesach is when the mouth begins to speak. And we're going to be talking about that tonight. And I wanted to read different pieces from Lekut and Sichas Aran, just Chizik and Tefillah and understanding what it means that the Pesh should be Sach, that the mouth begins to speak and how that relates to Pesach. And the end, we'll have some Haggadah connections as well. And I'm looking forward to learning this with everybody. You know, Rabbi Nachman, his, he said even about himself, you know, there's no better address for Tefillah because he said, my whole Indian is tefillah. He said, my whole thing is tefillah. So when you're learning about tefillah, when you're learning about Pesach, all roads lead back to Rabbi Nachman. As Rabbi Nachman himself, Nachman, Nun, 50, Mem, 40, uh, Ches, 8, and Nun, 50, Nachman's name is Gematria 148, which is exactly the same Gematria as Pesach. If you take the letters of Pesach, Pei is 80, Samach is 60, and Ches is 8, Eich was 148. So Rabbi Nachman and Pesach, they have a lot in common. As Rabbi Nachman said, my whole Indian is tefillah, everything that I do, and he encourages us over and over and over and over to pray, to have Pesach all year round, not just for seven or eight days, depending where you live, and to really get into the Avodah of Espotidus, get into the Avodah of tefillah, and that's what we're going to learn about tonight. We know that many Svarim bring in the name of the Arizal. They say that Pesach, uh, Arizal called Mitzrayim was the Gullus Hadibor. That in Mitzrayim is the place where we weren't able to speak. And that's why Pesach, again, is the mouth begins to speak, is the Pesach, because we went out of that Gullus and we started to redeem back our ability to, our ability to speak with Hashem. So tonight, again, I wanted to speak about what it means that the Gullus was in Dibor and how does that apply to us in, in 2021 here and wherever we find ourselves when you're either joining us on this class or if you're watching the recording, watching your recording leaning. So as we said, Mitzrayim is the Gullus at Dibor. We know that Mitzrayim, they bring Mitzrayim, this farm explained, is a Meitzar Garon. A Garon is your neck, your throat, and the Mitzrayim, the Meitzar means constricted. Meaning to say it was this Gullus Hadibor, the throat was constricted, and therefore we weren't able properly to speak. Like when someone's throat is closed, they're choking, and they can't properly, they can't properly uh, speak, they can't properly express themselves. So what does this mean, Gullus Hadibor? And we're going to talk about this more as we develop. Uh, but Gullus Hadibor really means, you know, how do you have a relationship with someone? you talk to them, <laughs> right? The most simple way you talk with them, you get to know them, you do positive self-disclosure, you say, hey, here's some good things about me. You like coffee, I like coffee. See, we both like coffee. Looks like we're compatible, 
right? And then as a relationship progresses, you have negative self-disclosure. You know, I really struggle with X, Y, and Z, or this thing really ruffles my feathers, or whatever there are levels of negative self-disclosure, obviously. And Rabbi Nachman encourages us over and over and over to, to build a relationship through disclosing our full selves to the Rabbonah Shalom, through speaking to God with our own words whenever we could, every single day, just to talk to God, make Hashem your friend. So we can make Hashem our friend through speaking to him. And that's really one of the whole inyanum of Pesach, that Pesach gave us back the ability to express our deeper nature and build a relationship with Hashem, communicate with Hashem, talk to God, and really build that relationship with God. So, you know, we also know, we're going to see, we also know that our speech gives us the ability to uh, have more amuna, right? Because the Pasuk says, Amanti ke'adaber, I believe because I spoke, right? It really, it should be, I spoke and then I believed, right? Well, it should be, I uh, Amanti ke'adaber, I believe because I spoke. Really, you would think like you have amuna first and that amuna gives forth to speech. But as David Amalek says in Tehillim, it's really the other way around. You believe because you spoke because there is an intrinsic connection between speaking and amuna. So when a person speaks and they articulate themselves to Hashem, explaining all their ups, all their downs, their good points, their bad points, exposing themselves to the one above who you're already exposed to, then you're able to really, really have more amuna and entrench those words in yourself. So we're going to see again tonight from Lakutimaran, we're going to see from Sikhasaran as well. So I'm going to, without any further ado, I'm going to go to the screen share. So here I wanted to begin just with the first few lines over here. This is lesson seven in Lakuti Maran, the Eila Hamishpatim. I believe this is one of the first series we did, probably going back two years ago. I think we have this lesson in depth, maybe four or five classes. Maybe I'll put the link in the description. But uh, we're just going to read a paragraph from here. Then we're going to move onwards. Da, you should know. The main reason why we're in exile is because a lack of amuna. We don't have faith. Like it says, Come and sing to me from the head of amuna, which is what's considered Yerushalayim. And amuna is an aspect of tefillah. Like it says by Moshe Rabbeinu, Right? It says that Moshe, when he'd raise his hands, when they'd raise his hands in tefillah, so then they'd win the war against Hamalek. That's the Targum over here. The Targuma Pirshan Bitzilo. How would Moshe raise his hands? He'd lift his hands in prayer. And that's when the Jews would win their war. And this is like miracles which are beyond nature. Right? That's what a, a miracle is. A miracle is something that goes beyond nature. Because tefillah is a beyond nature. Ki king, because nature says X, Y, and Z should be. But tefillah has the ability to change and define nature. And that's a miracle. If you change nature, that itself is a miracle. And this, a person needs a muna. That a person believes that there's that the world could change and a person has the ability through his tefillah in order to change. So right away off the bat, Rabbi Nachman draws a connection between tefillah and amuna. That tefillah and amuna go synonymous with themselves. Not only that, that's what he says, that the Iker Hagalas is from Chisar and Amuna. 
So if Amuna, it says, right, if A plus B equals C, right? If Amuna is synonymous with Tefillah. So it comes out the Iker Hagalus, the main reason why we're in exile is because of lack of Tefillah. As Rabbi Nachman famously said, any place where, or I think Rabbi Nassim said that any place where I see lack, it's because I see a lack. Any place where I see lack, I see a lack of Tefillah. Meaning to say, a person didn't dive in hard enough for it. And if we really had a Muna, as Rabbi Nachman is explaining, that we had the ability to change things with our tefillah. And Hashem actually listens to us. Little old me, little old you, little whoever it is, has the ability to change the world with their tefillah. So we'd actually go ahead and dive in. And this is what he says, that we have to believe that there's a koach hamachadesh. There's a koach hamachadesh. And we have the ability to override that. So through our tefillah, that brings a Muna and requires a Muna. Our ability has the ability to override nature in order to cause Nisan, right? And this is obviously what happened by Pesach, right? Pesach, we had the 10 miracles, the, the 10 makos that happened with the culmination of the splitting of the sea. And what does it say all along going in Shmos? Ve'yitzak, ve'yizak, ve'tzaka. They were, ugh, 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 ah. They were grunting to the Rabona Sholem and Hashem took their voices of grunt and turned them into tefillahs. And that was one of the things that brought about the Geulah. Right away when they started talking to the Rabona Sholem, even though they weren't are able to articulate themselves in words because their deeper wasn't gullus, they couldn't actually articulate meaningful words. They were just able to make sounds, right? Sounds of labor. So even that, all of a sudden Moshe Rabbeinu appears on the scene and then the Geulah happens from there, because tefillah is synonymous with the Muna, which is synonymous with miracles. That our tefillahs have the ability to override the course of nature and whatever it's going to be. Why? Because has, because because that's that's just the way it works, right? And we need to really, really, really believe in our that Hashem listens to me and you. Hashem really, really, really listens, but we don't think Hashem listens to us, or we don't think Hashem is going to change the world for us. We all believe that there's a Rabbanu Shalom. We all believe that there's a God, but we don't believe that God will listen and change the world for my feeling. Yeah, one guy, what am I going to do? What am I going to do already? How, how's my tefillah going to help anything? It's really not going to help anything. So after I've davened so much, I've davened so much, nothing happens, right? But we need to learn. We need to we need to impress upon ourselves that yes, Hashem will change the world for you. Yes, your tefillahs make a difference. Yes, Hashem cares about what you have to say, but not only that he cares, he'll change things for you and me based on our tefillahs. So we need extra encouragement over here. Now, I want to I wanna share a story over here. I have a friend of mine. I don't know if he wants me to make this public, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to say his name. Uh, but he lives in my neighborhood and his father's actually a rav. And his father from Corona was in a coma for, I don't know, half a year, an elderly man. And his father was deathly sick. Uh, the family said Vidoy for him three times by his bed because they, they got the call. He's got 20 minutes. He's got an hour. He's got a half a day. He's got 24 hours, every single thing in the world. And it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing, the father's coming out. The father's, he's still sickly, but he's not in the hospital. He came out. He was, he was literally inside death's door. He wasn't knocking on the door. He was like on the other side of the door, you know? And every single doctor said this, every single doctor said that. And really, the Teva, that would have been the Teva, right? And every single night, my friend on his WhatsApp status, every single night saying, I remember when this started, we're going to raise the roof with Tehillim, you know? We're going to have extra learning tonight. He even raised money 
to build a mikvah in his father's community because his father's dream was to raise money and build this mikvah that his father was able to do. And he, he actually uh, raised all the money and they started construction that it should be his father's refuah shalema. Now, my cynical self, Khataski I remember when it started going up and I, I was looking at these WhatsApp statuses and I was looking at all the posting and I'm like, come on, come on, what's going on here? Like this guy's in denial. He's in total denial. He's medically going to die. Like there's a natural course to dying. You know, why is he, you know, just like, come on already. He even called up a friend of mine. Uh, I'll give him a shout out. Yossi Krasner. Yossi, if you listen to this, what's up? And I called him up. I said, I don't get it. I said, is this guy in denial? Like you're, you're a medical professional. It's X, Y, and Z. Like, shouldn't he be preparing? And like, what's with all the tefillah? Doesn't Hashem want us to die? Like, you know, like what, what's going on here, you know? And we had a whole conversation back, but I was, but I was very disturbed by this, you know, that everything was raised the roost with tefillah. It, it, three times when they got the call to say his father's vidoy, they, uh, he arranged different multiple minyanum by, uh, by, uh, in Kiryasel, by the Satmar Rebbe, and in Munsi by a, uh, the Ribnitzer Rebbe, right? That he believed so much in Tvila that he, he was, you know, you get to call your father, you know, your family, your loved one's going to pass away. And you're like, all right, guys, come on, let's go, you know, okay, we'll go. It's very sad. It's very tragic. Meanwhile, you can't think, meanwhile, this guy's on the phone arranging Minyanim to go to Tzadikim that they should daven for his father. Already, you think, okay, you know, whatever, what's it going to help, right? But this guy, you know, in my neighborhood, it's such a source of encouragement because his father's well now, right? His father's well, and me and my wife always say, he, his tefillahs kept his father alive. And he organized extra Torah learning and night seders, and he was like busy all day, like arranging the world to daven for his father, you know? And it's really that tefillah is Mashana de Teva. Tefillah is Mashana de Teva, but even... More importantly than Tvila, or equally as important than Tvila being Mashana de Teva. He believed that his Tvilas and the Tvilas of people have the ability to change the outcome. I don't think he was naive. You know, they said Vidoy for his father three times. It wasn't, it wasn't naive. His father was in a coma. It was, it was disastrous, right? But he really, really believed in the power of Torah and Tvila. He really, really believed in the power of mitzvahs. He believed in his ability to change things. He believed in in a, uh, you know, and everything. And so much so, we're re- I know maybe it was two or three weeks ago, uh, this particular individual would tell me that there was some family simcha. I don't know if it was a bar mitzvah of a grandson or this, I don't remember what it was exactly. But he said his father wasn't able to make it in person, but his father was able to speak through Zoom to everyone uh, there from his house. You know, so it's it's just, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing and really comes to really believe in the, in the, in the kach tefillah. Back to the screen share. Okay, over here we have in Lakute Tinyana, the second section in Lakute Maran, known as Lakute Maran Tinyana, lesson Tzadi Ches, which is 98. Omar, he said, Rabbi Nachman said, regarding strengthening ourselves in personal prayer, in supplications and requests. That our speech has the ability in order to arouse a person. And even though it appears to a person that you don't have a heart, nevertheless, 
When a person speaks so many words of tefillah and articulating themselves to God, the very fact that he's speaking to God, that itself reveals the arousal in the heart and soul to God. Like it says, my soul, my nefesh came out from my speech. Because the speech itself reveals the reveals the internalities, reveals the panemius, reveals the soul of the individual. And there are times through a person speaks a lot, even though you speak your words, you feel what you're saying, you're sitting there, you feel like you're, you know, even during my exploitatuses, you know, I feel like sometimes, what am I going to say? I got nothing to say. It's not going like I want it to go. It's not magical necessarily per se. It feels kind of, it feels kind of mundane. And sometimes it even feels torturous because you're waiting to pass the time, you know? So, below lave cloud, even though you feel like you have no heart at all, nevertheless, yavo Nevertheless, through continuing to speak, you'll develop arousal, passion, a fire for the Rabbonu Shalom. The Haklal, and the rule is, and the general rule is, is that our speech in its own right has the, has uh, a tremendous, tremendous power. So even though, uh, so he says through speaking, again, we see that speaking has the ability to set your heart on fire for Hashem in order for you to be able to articulate your passions, your desires, your strong points, your good points. Hashem knows it anyways, there's no hiding, you know? <laughs> and, and to articulate all those things, the woes on your heart. And many times you'll find you have nothing to say. And even that could be articulated. Hashem, you know, I set aside time to speak with you. And all of a sudden, I feel very hungry. Or all of a sudden, I feel tired. And all of a sudden, I need to check this voice message or this voice note. Or all of a sudden, I need to check my emails or my Instagram or my WhatsApp. Oh, oh, I just remembered. I got to, you know, my wife needs me to do something. Hey, isn't that a mitzvah listening to your wife? Right? So all sorts of mitzvahs now come along your way. I remember the other night. It's happened two nights ago. I was going out. I shut myself out to do this play to this. It was late at night. And all of a sudden, I checked my WhatsApp right before I go. And my friend sent me a link. He goes, you know, I'm raising for some Bressel for families in Eric Yisrael. I know a few. I'm trying to hit a certain number. You think you could give a little bit? And all of a sudden, I'm like busy with a mitzvah. And the time's flying. I'm not doing a play to this, you know? So like all different things will come your way in order to distract you. But even so, that could be articulated to God, right? The peg could be, begins to sach. And you say, Hashem. I know I set aside time and I feel awkward that I got nothing to say. And in fact, this might even feel a bit torturous because I've never spoken to you or I have so many different types of libo desires in my heart, ripping me apart, pulling me in different directions to the point where I'm so uncomfortable I can't even sit here and speak to you. So please just make it easier for me, right? You could certainly tell Hashem and speak out exactly, exactly uh, where you are. Now we're gonna jump on over to Sichas Aran. Boom. Sichus Aran, lesson, Samach Tes. Okay, this is this is an awesome piece in Sichus Aran. I love this piece. Okay, Zamru Lemi Shemenatzchin Oso B'Sameach. 
Okay, it's the Gevarim Sachem, right? Zamro l'misha menatzchen bo oso v'samech. The Pasuk says, Zamro, sing to the person, shemenatzchen oso, that wins and is happy. That's the Pasuk. Okay, let's see what Rabbi Nachman says. Oh, that's the Gevarim. Uh, you know, let me give a little background on that Gemara over there, right? A, uh, the, Gemara, the, the Gemara says, lo kamidas basar v'dam kamidas Hashem, right? Why? Because if you... Hold on. Right? What does it say over there? Right? Right? That Hashem is not like man. Right? Man, if you beat him in a fight, right? If you beat man in a fight, what happens? He's upset at you. You just beat your friend. Right? So, there's, you know, recently I've been watching these Bruce Lee videos. Like, you know, he did like this two-finger push-up. He did the, he did the one, he did the, he did the one-inch punch, like this crazy punch he did, you know? Uh, you know, if you beat up your friend, he's not very happy. But if you win over Hashem, Hashem is happy. <laughs> Hashem is happy that you beat him. So that's when the Gemara says, Praiseworthy is the person who defeats Hashem and is happy. Now Rabbi Nachman picks up. Because you need to force God. You need to be minatseach. You need to win over God. You need to fight with Hashem. Kaviyachol. Because even though it looks like Hashem, it appears to you that God doesn't want you to come close. Because you're messed up so much. Because right now, you're not doing the thing that God wants you to do, or at least it appears that way. Nevertheless, a person needs to strengthen themselves even more, to spread themselves in front of God, to raise his hands, so you say, I know I'm sinning, but please draw me close. Even so, even though you're, even though you're sinning, because nevertheless, I want to be a Jew. Nimsa, therefore, comes out, that you want to win against God. Hashem is actually happy from when you defeat him in Fila. Right? So, again, you know, you do the Bruce Lee one-inch punch, boom. Like that, you do the Bruce Lee one. It's a crazy thing, you guys gotta watch this, right? He did this Bruce Lee one-inch punch, and all of a sudden, you know, you do that to your friend, your friend is 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 not happy, you just embarrassed him, right? But the Rabona Shala, if you wrestle with God in Tfila, if you defeat Hashem in Tfila, oh boy, is he happy. And as Rabbi Nachman adds the cherry on top, right? Which is even though you're sitting against God and it appears that God doesn't want you because you've fallen back into old habits. Nevertheless, you say, God, I want to be a Jew. Tonight, I received uh, an emergency phone call from an old client of mine. And, uh, you know, obviously, I can't get information. But basically, you know, he fell back into an old struggle of his. And the person called me feeling very, very broken and saying, you know, I was, I was steiging, I was learning, I was doing really well. And now, uh, you know, now I feel like it's all out the drain, right? So Rabbi Nachman is addressing this, that we think, oh, I was doing, I was doing good, I was doing good. So he says, no, you got to fight with God. You got to say, even though I'm messing up, doesn't mean I can't put the filling on, <laughs> right? Even though I'm messing up, doesn't mean I can't have chakras, doesn't mean I can't have doesn't mean I can't tell God I'm messing up. But nevertheless, 
I want to be a Jew. And not only that, when you wrestle with God, when you're menatzeach over Hashem, as we're learning, Hashem is happy with you. So we need to use our words of tefillah to wrestle and be menatzeach over Hashem kaviyachal. Okay, back into the screen share. Now we are jumping to, I know we're a little bit all over the place tonight, but it's good. We're bringing out these points over here. Now we're jumping to Sicha Saran, lesson, hold on. Sicha Saran, 74. Hold on one second, let me just make sure it's the right piece over here. Okay. Let's find where it begins over here. Hold on. Sorry, Sikhs are on 75. Yeah, there we go. I knew it wasn't 74. Okay. This piece is a little bit longer. We're going to go through it. Ayan Hay. The Inyan Hatfila. In regards to Tfila, Rabbeinu spoke to us a lot. And he, he encouraged us, he forced us, he wanted us to, to pray with a lot of intent, Kavana. So what does that mean? What does Kavana mean? So what does it mean? It means to connect your mind to your words in a strong connection, right? You know what you're saying. And then listen to what you're speaking, right? Connect your mind, your thoughts to your words. Have intent. Line up what your mouth is saying. Don't just say it and not know what you're saying. Line up your mind to your words. And then when you line up to your mind, now listen you listen to Yishma Mashuhum Now listen with your ears what you're saying. And this is the main tefillah with Kavana. Right? And Rabbi Nachman didn't tell us, he didn't want us even to daven using the Kabbalah Kavanas of the Kisve Arizal for anyone who's seen an Arisitter with all the different Shemas of Hashem and all the different permutations. Even people that learn and understand the Siddur Rashash or the Siddur uh, Ari, even though they understand and learn, they still shouldn't use it. What's the main tefillah? What's the main perfection? Baruch Ata Hashem. Bless Baruch Ata Hashem. Blessed are you, God. Kipshuto. Just saying the words. Very, very simply, no fancy stuff. And this is the main, this is the main kavana of tefillah. That you should just have in mind what the words mean, and you should listen to what you're saying, right? So many say, oh, if I had kavana, you know, oh, if I had kavana, if I knew all the fancy, uh, you know, kavanas of tefillah, then I'd barely be able to be davening, right? What does Rabbi Nachman said? Even if you know the fancy kavanas, don't use them. 
<laughs> right? Don't daven from a Siddur Rashash. Don't use the uh, different things from the Arizal that the Siddur brings out, right? You should just simply, the main thing is just the words themselves. No fancy footwork. And he would laugh. He would scoff at people who say, you don't need to work so hard and force yourself to feel. It's laughable. And he warned us so much to strengthen ourselves and put all our, all our passion, all our ability, all our efforts into the words of tefillah. And foreign thoughts that come to us at the time of tefillah. He said, don't pay attention to those thoughts. Just do your thing. And do not pay attention at all to any uh, mental activity that you're having. And again, he's telling us, don't look at your thoughts at all. And like, like it's already written in the Svarim. So Rabbi Nachman is saying that we have to, again, put ourselves in tefillah. You have to hear what you're saying in your mind. Aye, but when you start davening, as I say, you could think of everything but the words of tefillah. Right? The machshava zaras, the foreign thoughts of concern, worry, anxiety, pressure, and checking your cell phone all come in at the times of tefillah. So Rabbi Nachman says an interesting thing. We're not going to delve into this point now, even though this could be many, many classes in its own right. But he says, don't pay any attention to your thoughts. Alt mashkiach klal. Know what the eight is? Have no thought. I, but the thoughts are going to come back around. Have no thought. Enter a state of no thought. Don't pay attention to those. Rabbi Nachman understood. Rabbi Nachman understood that thoughts move, thoughts come, thoughts go. Thoughts are temporary by nature, and therefore you shouldn't pay attention to them. I, when you start davening, what happens when you start davening, right? All these foreign thoughts start to try to hijack your mind, right? As we learned in another lesson, we're not going to learn it tonight, but standardized prayer is like well-traveled roads that all the bandits, the listim, the robbers, they know you're coming. So they're waiting on the roads in order to hijack you, right? So a person starts to daven and they start saying these lofty words of tefillah. And all of a sudden the chitzon or the negative impeding forces try to distract you from and hijack your mind. And he says, that's why personal prayer is like creating your own path. Right? When you engage in a spite of this, when you engage in personal prayer, you're creating your own path that the hijackers, all the bandits, the thieves, they're not waiting to hijack your mind. And you can actually begin to articulate yourself to God. Okay, back inside the same piece. Gam, Gam Amar Rabbeinu Zal. He also said, she ef Charles Paluk. Now he gives an awesome etza for davening over here. Gam Sha Amar Rabbeinu Zal. He said, it's impossible to daven the entire tefillah with proper kavana. It's a hard thing to do, right? Most people only have one part of davening that they're able to daven properly. Like uh, we all sense. One person says the incense with kavana. The echad omer psuke de zimra bekavana, and one person says the first part of dam psuke de zimra with intent ukayotze vizeh. Right? You see these people with shmona esrays, or some people are shema people, some people are psuke de zimra, some people are hodu people, right? So everyone has a different part. And Ramnasan says, and I saw in his writing something this. He said, 
but I didn't get to actually transcribe it. But what I do remember there, even though I couldn't exactly write it down, is what it says in the Dikunim, the East Mari the Yadin, the East Mari the Raglan. There is someone who has hands and there is someone who has feet. This is what we're speaking about. Right? That every person has a part of the fila, right? This one has hands, this one has legs. Each person has a part of the fila that they feel they connect to. Some people are just nishma see it in, you know, on Shabbos, they get into nishmas, nishmas, right? They get into it. Therefore, because every person naturally has a part that they connect to more. Your heart shouldn't fall. You shouldn't say, ah, my, my mind went uh, elsewhere. It was hijacked for most of the davening. And only a little bit I could play. I could pray. He says, no, don't fall at all. Right? Because you were able to daven a little part. And you're really incapable or unable to at that moment to daven the whole thing. That's necessary. It's not a lack in you that you can't daven. It's not a lack in us that we can't daven the whole tzvila. It's a fact of davening. Some people connect more to other parts of davening than others. And therefore, therefore, just try simply to say the words. You don't have to drive yourself mashugana. You don't have to say, you know, so many people don't go to minion for this. Again, a, uh, again, chataski maskir ayom, Right? It's like, it's hard to go to Minyan sometimes, like for a while, because it's like, hey, go, I don't really daven, ah, what am I doing? Ah, then you come up with every fancy excuse, like they daven so quickly by the time I get there, right? And I, I don't have Kavana, by the time I put my tefillin on, they're up to who knows where, and I don't know what I'm saying. And so we come up with all different fancy excuses. And Rabbi Nachman says, no, oh, you think you're going to be able to have Kavana the entire time? Are you out of your mind? Right? There are those that have hands. There are those that have legs. Take one part of davening and make that your thing. Who says you have to have kavana for the thing, for the entire thing? And who says you have to feel bad that you didn't? So you think, what did you really daven? You wasted your time in tefillah, right? Take one thing and daven it. And the rest, try your best. So you shouldn't feel bad. Okay, back inside. Okay. But there are times where you try to put yourself in, but you mamish can't daven at all. You can't utter a single word. But even if you can't daven, right, is like Rabbi Nachman takes the knife. Okay, if you have the bulim, you can't have good kavana, that's one thing. But now he says, and even if there are times where you can't even daven, <laughs> you know, don't. Don't give up. Don't be saddened. Because this is the rule. Don't become feeble-minded and don't give up. Even if whatever happened, happened. Even if you can't even daven. You didn't put the fillet on. You didn't go to Shacharis. You didn't say Hashem, I'm sorry. You didn't daven Mincha. You didn't daven Ma'ariv. Weeks, months, years, don't give up. But nevertheless, just open up your mouth and try to say simple words of davening. Like a kid in school. 
right? Aleph, uh, Beis, Ba. The Yomer, Kach, Kama, Vakama, Diburim, Bepshitas, Gamar. And you should say any words of Tefillah, Hashem, I'm struggling. Hashem, help me. Hashem, I feel like a rag. Hashem, I don't know how far I've come. Hashem, just, uh, I don't even know what to say. Open up my heart and mouth. But Omer, Kach, Kama, Vakama, Diburim, Bepshitas, Gamar, and say, simple. The Alpi Rov, most people, Yizke, Barach, Mami, Sparkla, Oromizeh. Most people, they'll feel aroused from such a thing. Until their heart becomes again burning on fire. The Yaschel Pitom Lispalabis Iris, and then it's going to happen. That punk, you're going to dive in good. Right? But don't fall in this and don't give up. Every individual knows in the heart their 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 lowliness their unique challenges and it's fitting that yeah maybe you are very far from fila because tefila is so high it's higher than learning torah how you think you could really mamish we think that we could even come close to tefila like what do we do anyways we kind of like try but it doesn't seem like much right Okay, I love last social. Therefore, you got to put your part in. Right? To start saying words very simply. Right? Hashem, you're the king of the world. And tilt your ears to what you're saying. And try to hold it together. Right? Stay focused on what you're doing. And then, like we started with, Place your mind into your words. And then start saying very simple words. Even if you have no arousal or desire. And go with this with a little bit of tefillahs or a few pages. And until Hashem begins to help you, with his compassion, his iris, Right, right, and if there are times you're not zoch at all to tefila and proper, okay, what can you do? If you're married, you After you could say, you could have a gavalbika, you could say some tehillim, right, uh, with kavana and with things, right. So again, again, we're learning about the Pesach, that the Peh is being Sach. The Peh is, the Peh is, is beginning to speak. The Peh is opening up and, and we feel, what's my tefillah worth? What am I doing? And Rabbi Nachman is saying over here, even like a little kid, even like a little kid, you find you can't dive at all, right? They say a story about the Baal Shem Tov that he said, uh, I think is part of the Sipor Eretz Yisrael, where he was, he was a uh, he was on his way, I think, in a boat from Istanbul, Turkey, on, uh, to go to Eretz Yisrael and the last leg of his journey. And all of a sudden, a crazy storm came, and a crazy thing happened, and whatever it is. And he said, "Oh, I think his daughter was there." And it was like Udo, his daughter Udo was there, and was like, "Abba, do something, you know." He goes, "I can't. All my dragas have been taken. All my dragas have been taken from me. I can't. There's nothing I could possibly do, you know." So. You know, I think the end of the story is, you know, he's like, he's like, oh, I do remember one thing. Aleph, uh, beis, ba, gimel, ga, dalid, da, 
right? And he started saying the letters of the Aleph Beis, the letters of Tvita, the letters of the Torah, the letters what the world was created with. And then all of a sudden he started speaking very, very simply and his madriga started coming back and he was able to be, he was able to, he had to turn back, but his life was saved and he was able to, he was able to get out of the situation just simply, simply, simply speaking words, speaking words of Tvila. Hold on. Okay, we're going to read it. We're going to continue. Haklau. Second. Okay. The general rule of thumb is everything a person needs to overcome all the obstacles with things with Kedusha in specific tefillah. But even if you didn't succeed, you feel like you failed miserably, never give up. Strengthen yourself with whatever you could. And many Svarm explain this already. Right? Try to be careful with happiness. And try to dive in with the And look to make yourself happy. Before you dive in. And bring yourself, enliven yourself with whatever you can. And begin to find your good. In order to be to simcha, like, and this way you could be happy, like we explained many times in Azamar Lakeba Oti, right? And there is many, much, much we could talk about this. Uh, I think we did five Shirm on Azamra as well. And skipping over here, it says, Gam Shamati, I also learned, I also heard, Sha'amar, Shekol Hatnua Sha'osin Bishast Fila Biyadaim Kiyotze, Zebachinus Biyadov Kasvin Razin, Hanemar Bitikunu. And he also said, when you move your hands like this during tefillah and you wiggle and you jiggle and you walk around shul, he says, that's also considered a very, very lofty thing that uh, yeah, on your hands are written secrets. And that's considered a hela gazach also, just the flailing and the moving and all those things. Now you got to throw that one in there. Again, this is all about the Mitzrayim, the Mitzar Garon that we were saying from the Arizal that the person's neck was constricted. They weren't able to, to come to proper Muna, come to proper Tefillah. Now we're going to do one last piece in Sichus Aran, and then we're going to wind down the share. This is another awesome piece. There's so many pieces over here. Okay. One last piece in Sichus Aran over here. Nun Gimel. Mishi Yeshlo Emuna Chayev Chayim. Whoever has a Muna, your life is a life. And your days get absorbed with constant good, right? Because we were learning before that tefillah and amuna are synonymous with each other. Because when things are going in your life well, of course that's good for you. And when things aren't going good in your life, and you're experiencing pain, that's also good. 
Because if you have a Muna, you know, at the end of the day, Hashem is doing good for me. And ultimately, ultimately, Hashem is doing an eternal good for me. Because after everything comes from God, it must be good. Everything is good. But a person who doesn't have a Muna, your life is not a life. Because right away, when a bad thing happens, you're completely depleted. You have no way to console yourself. You don't have any faith. Because you got to have faith. You got to have faith. Because you have nothing that brings you alive or makes you happy because you don't have God. And you feel that no one's watching over you. How great is your life? I just love those words. Right. If you have a Muna, your life is a real life, right? Your mamish. If you have a Muna, you know that everything is good and you know that Hashem is doing good for us. Right. And on Pesach is the Chaga Muna, right? It's no coincidence that the Chaga Muna is the day that we speak, right? Is the day, it's the revelation of speech, as we were saying, that the Peh begins to Sach, the Pesach, the mouth begins to open up. Right, and this is the whole lineage of Mitzrayim of the Metzar Goron that our throat was constricted, right? Because what happens? They were entrapped in Mitzrayim by Paro. Paro's letters Pera that the mouth was bad. The people weren't able to express, express themselves. They weren't able to open up their mouths and start speaking. The mouth was closed, right? And that's why when they went free, not only was the Pesach, but where they passed when they were leaving Mitzrayim, they were la- they were leaving Picheras. They were leaving the mouth of freedom, right? They were now gaining the ability that their mouths and their ability to speak in tefillah, in hispoidus, in standardized tefillah in all areas, it was now able to open up for them. The picheras, the dibor went out of Gullus at this point, and then they were able to truly redeem themselves and reach their deeper nature and become in touch with their neshamas and create a close bond and connection with Hashem. They were able to make Hashem your friend. And what does Moshe Rabbeinu say in the beginning of the story? What does he say? Right? He says, I can't speak. I can't open up my mouth. I have a lisp. I have no ability to articulate myself. And what does Hashem, Hashem says? No, I'm the one who gives you the ability to speech. I'm the one who creates speech. When you speak, your words are like Ruach HaKodesh, and I'm speaking through you. Right? The peh is beginning to sach, the mouth is beginning to speak. We begin to develop a relationship with Hashem, making Hashem your friend, not just superficial, but a real meaningful relationship bringing God back into our lives. And this is why the main part of the Haggadah itself is called Haggadah, to speak. Right? Magid is the main part of the Haggadah when we're speaking to the Rabbonu Shalom and we're expressing our Amuna, we're expressing our inner essence to God, we're expressing our natural faith. And this is what it additionally says in the, in the Haggadah, right? Kol hamar meshubach, right? Whoever speaks more, that's better. Right? Because we need to force ourselves to speak. Kulanu yodim. Everyone knows, even if you're a Talmud Chacham, even if you know all the Medrash Chazal, even if you know Kolta Rukula at your fingertips, right? Kulanu Nivonim. And even if you know, right? Kol Hamar, right? Kol Hamar Beharezim Meshubach. 
right? The more you speak, the more you get. Because every time you speak, the peh begins to sach over and over again and entrenches the amuna. The nafshi yatsabidibur, you create that closeness with Hashem. You create that bond, that unbreakable bond. You reveal what's already there. It's not that you're cultivating something new, right? As we're learning from Rib Nachman, right? That Nachman is gematria. That Nachman is gematria Pesach in its own self, that it's 148, right? And that Mitzrayim was the Gullah Sadibor. It was stuck in our throats. We were mamish choking. We were choking. We, we mamish couldn't speak to the Ravona Shalom, right? And then we were learning about how the Ikra Gullah is, is the lack of Amuna, right? The Ikra Gullah went on faith. And what we say, Amuna was Tvila. Right, because the Tev is Mechaev one way, but we change it. That we know that there's a Kocha Mechadish and the Rabbonu Sholom all shatters the entire creation by unraveling the Sarmai Maras that the world was created with and unraveling them through the Eser Makos and the culmination of the splitting of the sea, something that uh, never happened on such a large scale, even though it was the Kriya Sayyarde, and that's interesting how they fit together. Uh, either way, though, right, that our believing and our Tfilas have the ability to be poel. Hashem will change our tefillahs. Like I was saying, the story of my friend who had never ending tefillahs for his father until his father, until his father, uh, until his father came better, right? His father was healed. His healed crazy story over there, right? We learned Laminat Seach, Ashrei Osavisameach, right? They were able to fight with Hashem, we were able to wrestle with Hashem, and Hashem is happy when we defeat him in tefillah. We learned also, just the simplicity of tefillah, right? No fancy stuff, no kabbana sari, just to say the words properly and to never, never, ever, ever, ever give up. Never, ever, never, ever give up. This is not, what's the point? What's the point? You're going to have to give up, right? Continue strong with our tefillah that we should have a true Pesach, right? And when we should have mamish, the full redemption, the full picture. And we see that none of our tefillahs were ever lost. None of our Torah was ever lost. It's all like, you know, getting absorbed in the ultimate IRA in Shemayim, right? The ultimate bank account in Shemayim, long-term investments. And we should, we should be Zoha Mamish to the Pesach this year of Higata to Levincha, speaking again to our kids and Mamish getting rid of, getting, getting rid of all that extra matzah, all that extra chametz we have, all that extra chametz, just get rid of it and let our deeper nature come out through the powers of tefillah. And with that, everyone, I wish you all a good Shabbos. Oh, yeah. Hazaka Baruch. Shkaya. Shkaya.